Next on BYU Sports Nation, five consecutive years of BYU-Utah rivalry football and plans to make it seven straight. Make it 50. How important is the BYU-Utah game to you? Plus, the basketball schedule is out. What the Cougars need to do to make the NCAA tournament with this schedule. And BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens may just be the Swiss Army knife of the BYU offense. We're two on one. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is Radio Vision, and it is live. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Wednesday, August 19th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Independent Conference PR Director Jerem Jordan. There's an Independence logo. We realized this a couple months ago. We found it on, on the line as Vince Vaughn would say in the internship. And why have we not developed a sticker for all of our cars and houses? We, we discussed this, and it's dumb. Yes. I went to Texas A&M uh, two weeks ago and, and asked a bookstore employee if they had any SEC stickers, <laughs> and they said no. Yeah, Wait, the I SEC doesn't have stickers? Wait, what? With, like, the Texas A&M logo over That it? was funny. If BYU went to the Big 12... Would BYU fans put big twelve no, stickers on their cars? No, by principle alone, because they've trolled Utah so much for it. No, <laughs> if they did, then I would find it and burn it. Would the BYU store have big twelve stickers? Absolutely not. Hopefully not. <laughs> if you merge it with all the other teams, I don't know. I don't know. BYU football celebrating very early today. Yeah, because practice apparently has been canceled. Yeah, uh, no practice today. This morning they're going to the movies. Last year they saw Ninja Turtles. Fantastic choice, I think. Bronco Mendenhall mentioned that he wanted the theme song of last year's BYU yeah. football team to come from yeah. the Ninja Turtles That didn't movie. happen. That was a joke. And then the afternoon <laughs> practice is replaced by floating the Provo River. So congrats to those guys. They celebrated like, like it was Cal. You remember that? Well, Bronco, Bronco didn't crowd surf, but those guys went crazy. It's the grind. You know, my high school coaches is that would what do we this too. should have called inside it. BYU football the grind, the grind, BYU football the grind, true grit. Next year, <laughs> true grit. Yes, <laughs> oh my, starting Riley Nelson and the Cougars. No, I understand it because yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, you probably had high school coaches. I, I had high school coaches that would do that in, in the grind. Oh like, yeah, man. Sophomore year of basketball was crazy. Uh, the junior year of cross country was wild. Okay. I didn't go to practice, by the way, in cross country. You just went I to the movies it. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, I just went to the movies. Forget exactly. practice. I'm watching Minority Report. I actually Report. showed up to practice and then had the coach tell me that we could do something else. 55th and state, dude. Don't need no stinking <laughs> practice, man. I passed people. I know it's cross country. I know what it is. That's why I'm a broadcaster now. I passed people in the state championships, and I was thinking, you all went to practice. I just showed up. And placed 55th. And 55th is not good. (laughs) Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and Utah have agreed in principle to continuing the football series in 2019 and 2020. This means the Cougs and Utes will play for five straight years starting next year. Utah Athletic Director Chris Hill also said the two schools have discussed tentative dates for 2021 and 22. 
The next, uh, the 2015-16 men's basketball schedule is out. It came out yesterday, the non-conference and the conference schedule. 31 regular season games, 13 non-conference games. Notably, BYU plays at Gonzaga January 14th in Spokane and ends the regular season February 27th in Provo. A full breakdown of that schedule coming up at the bottom of the hour. The BYU basketball team currently in Spain. They'll play the first of four games today at 2 p.m. Eastern time. BYU playing, you want to go ahead and... And, and Euro Collegio Cosby? I have no idea. I don't know. It's not the workshop. It looks like that. Euro Collegio Cosby. Yeah. 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 2 you, p.m. Eastern. Just win, baby. Bad news. BYU tight end Steven Richards out for the season with a torn ACL. More football news and notes coming up from yesterday's practice as well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The hallowed battle. BYU with great field position. Heaps back to pass. Winds up. Chucks it down. Field for up. Oh, touchdown! And that's just what the doctor ordered for BYU. The doctor ordered five more years of BYU-Utah football. Dr. Chris Hill said this. I've talked to BYU Athletics Director Tom Homo on several occasions about our future scheduling. And we're scheduled to meet in 2016, 2017, and 2018. On Tom's desk is a contract for 2019 and 2020. As we mentioned, the tentative dates for 21 and 22 have also uh, been discussed. So it looks five years for sure. Seven in the works. BYU Sports Nation confirmed with BYU Athletics yesterday, and this is the quote we received, the contract currently being finalized by legal counsel at both schools. Specific details will be announced when the contract has been signed, end quote. I love this. I'm of the opinion that BYU and Utah should play every year. They should figure it out and play every year. I realize they didn't figure it out for you know the two years, 2014 and then this season, 2015. But it's great that BYU is going to play the next five, possibly the next seven, hopefully the next... 50. How difficult is it to make this game happen? Because it seems like it's been the end of the world, essentially. For some people. For both sides. Because, one, it didn't happen. But then, whoa, it's just there's not dates not working out. Tom, it, it's, yeah. hard, it's harder with you, dealing with a team in a conference. For sure, BYU has more flexibility. Albeit, it's not like BYU has every week available. Like, if LSU wants to play and it's against Utah, obviously you want to play LSU. That, that's the situation that Utah found itself in. And that's why it didn't work out. I get it. Both, both sides, listen, Steve Young once told me in an interview uh, when BYU went independent, they were brothers. Uh, one brother left, and so the other brothers hurt. They were, they were in league with each other for a long time and in a league, and that was the key to playing the game. We've seen with conference expansion that if you're not in the same league, it ends up being kind of harder it's a hassle. to play those. It's a hassle. That's right. And in this day of TV contracts and everything, there are a lot more details associated with scheduling games. I get all that. But figure it out. Figure it out and play the game. So I'm really glad BYU and Utah are going to play the next five. Tom Homo talked about the dynamic of scheduling Utah a few months back. I just want to make sure that we have the series. I think it's not as easy as uh, some people would think that we could just come up a day one way or the other. It does come down to us not being in the same conference now, having to schedule the game. We're at BYU willing to, to just work it out. Understand that it is difficult, but apparently it is going to be worked out, and that brings us to today's Twitter question. How important is the BYU-Utah game to you? And tell us where you're living as well. We're seeing a pattern of those in Utah a little more passionate, it seems like, maybe I'm wrong, about the BYU-Utah game than those that are without. So t- tell us where you live, and maybe, maybe that shapes your opinion in some way. At Death by GPS says, two years ago... I thought I would miss it, but I don't. 
I'm much more excited about playing Nebraska, LSU, USC, etc. Hashtag BYUSN. Well, not nece- you don't have to necessarily get rid of one of those top-tier teams to play Utah. Yeah, to me, it's, to me, it's Cincinnati and East Carolina and Utah. Like, those are the games you're deciding to play instead. Because you're, listen, if you can play, Tom Homel told us in this very set, if you can play at Nebraska, if you can play at Michigan. You do it. You do it. You do it. And I get Shia LaBeouf, just do it. Make your dreams come true. If you haven't seen this video, watch it on YouTube. BYU is going to play those games. But if you can play Utah, and if, not if, figure it out. Play Utah every year. I mean, I get it. Playing Nebraska and LSU and USC makes it feel a little bit better that you're not playing Utah. And Utah's playing Michigan in the place of, say, BYU this year. I, I get it. I get why they took a hiatus. But, f- but from here on out, can we try and make it work? And it is tougher with Utah. They only have three dates available in a given year, right? A couple more dates, depending on this conference schedule. They have three weeks. So you try and figure that out. So I'm glad that 19 and 20, they're actually going to do this. Because part of BYU football is playing Utah. It's part of the fabric of BYU football. And if you and if and if Utah decides that that's not a thing with BYU, then that's their thing. Well, but I don't want to be like, what, well, you you don't want to play, so I don't want to play. It just feels like two like like two people got hurt over a relationship, Here's which the is thing, what it though. is. The They're transition brothers. college football is making it so that it's not part of the fabric and of I college football. Hate it, and I hate that. It's just not. It's not as we move forward into the college football playoff era. Clearly, the history of rivalries. Don't matter nearly as much as it used to. Because the sport sold out. Literally. That is the direction that college football is And it's lame. Because there were a lot of... uh, What makes college football great? Not money. Traditions. And this is a huge part of the game. And it's been lost. And it's been two years. So now we're kind of getting used to it. That doesn't mean it's right or good. Here's the other thing that BYU fans outside of the state like about having another game not against Utah. It gives them an opportunity to see BYU come to other parts of the country. So even if it is Cincinnati or Toledo or UMass, the smaller teams, they're going to new parts of the country. And a BYU fan in Massachusetts or Ohio, if it came down to you want to play BYU, you want to play Utah, or do you want to play one of these teams and be able to see your team in your neck of the woods? Of course they're going to go for that. Well, yeah, I want them to come to Boston. How many people does that affect? Like more not- than. Ask me about Middle Tennessee State last year. BYU, yeah, yeah. How many people were there from BYU? What's your guess? There were twenty over two thousand people at that tailgate. That's not a ton of people compared to the people that love and adore BYU and Utah. There's already five opportunities to play away from home. That's not a significant enough reason for me to totally call it off. If it's like on the list somewhere, sure, I get it. But BYU and Utah compared to playing. Somewhere else so that the fans in Middle Tennessee can see that game? That does that not match up to me. That was a four-game losing streak. How about Southern California? You've been to a BYU-UCLA game. What's that like? Playing UCLA is a little different than playing Middle Tennessee but to me. Would you, okay, fine. The point is, when BYU travels, it opens up new parts of the country. So what I'm saying is, That's there, nice. are a lot of people, primary reason. there are a lot of people that say, I don't care about not playing Utah. Because it allows BYU to go and visit new parts of the country. Who cares if BYU's playing at UCF and at Cincinnati and at All whoever? All of those people versus care. Versus BYU versus Utah. All of those people That's care. That's a minority 
of people versus the people that care about BYU more and Utah. More BYU fans outside of the state 65,000 in, 65, the, state. in more, the stadium. More outside of the state or inside the state? No, that go to that game. That's what you're saying. That actually go to the game. You have to understand that it is bigger than just the in-state rub. I look. I do. I grew, I grew up in it. I was surrounded. I was overwhelmed by where I went to high school by Utah fans, and so I feel the passion and the hatred. But when I moved away from it, and when BYU and Utah were not in the same conference anymore, it just became a disenchanted thing for me. It, it's it, the I, vitriol has become almost unbearable. It's stupid. That's what I love. That's the part it's, I love. It's the fans. It's the fans. So if you have a Utah like fan the, around you. Yeah, I don't like the extreme. Yeah, I, listen, I like the game. I love the game. I love the lead up to the game. It's fun. My stepdad is a huge Utah fan. I don't know if I'll forgive my mom for marrying a Utah fan, but I love the guy. Wow. He's great. His only, his only flaw is that he loves Utah. That's it. Me and Max Hall, his only flaw is that he loves Utah. Listen, I, I grew up in Utah as well. I went to every single BYU-Utah game when I was in the state. Which is why you feel passionate about it. Which is why you feel so strongly about it. I love the game. And to me, part of BYU football is playing Utah. And, and BYU has been hurt more than Utah by this. Because it was like, hey, you don't want to play? We swiped right. You don't want to swipe right? And that happened. And here we are. Did we survive without him last year? Surviving is did, different did we than talk, did driving. We talk, did we talk about them at all last year? How I, much did we miss Utah last year? I missed them a, a thousand percent. Seri- really? Yes. And when I BYU was beating Texas and, and Virginia, you were worried about Utah? No, because Utah wasn't on the schedule. We just live with it. This was we just the Y2K did, we pull cri- our hand this cards was, west because we have to. This was the Y2K crisis. But oh, I would no, rather the fly. The world's going to end. BYU and Utah are going to play. Uh! Obviously, the world's not going to end. Would BYU's season... Be better with Utah on the schedule. A million percent, yes. Every it depends year. on what team you, you put in there. It's BYU and Utah. Would it be better, it'd be better with Notre Dame on the schedule. It's not against Notre Dame. Remember, we're talking about Cincinnati and East Carolina. and Those are the games that you're talking about. If you can play Notre Dame, yeah, you play Notre Dame. But you figure it out with Utah. You know what I like most about the game? The logistics. Forget the nostalgia. It's a P5 game for BYU. Yeah, well, yes. That's and, that's and it also costs a lot of money to travel if you have to go up there. That's also Logi- good logistics. Yes, logistics. The, the, some of the great. Can you imagine the greatest moments in BYU history? Just erase the Utah games. No, that's a huge no, part of who BYU is. But what they are now is not what they used to I be. I don't know. I don't know like any of the context for any of those BYU Utah games in terms of like conference titles. It was just that it was Utah. Take that away. That's a huge, all these great plays in BYU. History factors in. No, it's just what? It's nostalgia. Yes, the game. They were three and three in conference. It's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. Because it's not there. So insert it, and then we have it, and it's better. BYU's lost the last four. I don't even care. Let's let's play it every year. There was a a time BYU played Utah during the 80s and 90s and kicked some serious butt. They were still in the same conference. Yes, but was BYU like, well, we don't care about you. They didn't Utah. have a choice. It mattered they didn't have a choice. every time. They didn't have a choice because they're in the same conference. It still matters. Play the game. The number one game that matters right now for BYU football happens on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 17 days. Prime number. 17 days away. BYU and Nebraska at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. 
which we learned is the third largest city in all of Nebraska on game day. Another team with red. Beat them, too. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join us. How important is the BYU-Utah game to you? Where do you live? How does that factor into it? Up next, Mitch Jurgens is he the Swiss Army knife of BYU football? He'll join us. We're one on two. <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Get your insider view of BYU football as they prepare and go through the 2015 season on BYU TV's newest show, Inside BYU Football. Go inside the locker room, meeting rooms, and practices. The show debuts Tuesday, September 1st at 7 Eastern time on BYU TV. A lot of people excited about this. Uh, We've been talking with the producer, director. Some music tracks potentially for it. Yeah, really cool stuff in the works for this. Awesome. Our Twitter question today, how important is the BYU-Utah game to you, and where do you live? How does that factor in? At Save Jerem says, continued rivalry. Of course, of course Save Jerem would agree. <laughs> Keep it going. Thank goodness it's still going. Hashtag, I'm with Jerem. That's weird. At Save Jerem is with Jerem. All my fake accounts are tweeting. This is great. At I'm just Calm kidding. underscore spaghetti. Having not grown up in Utah, it's not really a big deal to me. I got into the rivalry while in school but stopped caring since then. That's the vibe I'm getting is that if you're outside of Utah and you don't grow up with Ute fans uh, in your ear, then it's not as big a deal. But having gone to that game, I've only watched that game once on TV because I was producing here. Um, there's something, it's special. It really is special. It's bigger than a game. It's bigger than any other game BYU plays in the regular season for different reasons. And it just, that feeling is probably, like, I was there for Beck Harleen. I was there for Lavelle Edwards. I was there for the 01 Luke yes. Staley play. It, it, it felt different. 09. All that stuff felt means something to me. because of the circumstances, Yeah, like, though. it's, per- for some reason, it's personal for me. Like, I, it, me, it, those are special moments in my life, right? And I want BYU and Utah to play again because then there will be more of these Yesterday, BYU football got to work, and Jerem, well, he was, you were back to the grind, man. You were, you were ready to go watch some BYU 20 football. 20 tweets in an hour and a half. <laughs> Live tweet this. Some of the observations we took away from practice yesterday, well, first of all, let's start with the bad news. Tight end Steven Richards is out for the year with a knee injury. He will have surgery uh, that will wrap things up for him. So we wish uh, Steven a, a successful surgery and a healthy recovery. Micah Hanneman does not have... Uh, Cancer. So he had spots in his knee. Yeah, how about that? Some doctors thought might have cancer in there. He went up to the Huntsman Cancer Institute, speaking of Utah. Fantastic place. That's a great thing they have up there. Um, So they found out from a credible doctor, hey, you're good to go. No cancer in your knee. That's quite, that's quite the extreme of I'm getting ready for fall camp and then, oh, well, yeah, I might he, have cancer. I don't have cancer. He okay. had some pain. They thought it might be a contusion. And yeah. then it was just like, well, I'm not really sure what it is. So great news for Mike Hanneman. He's cross-training with Kainakua now at cornerback and safety. Now, now Kainakua is playing cornerback because there's some injuries. They're working on the depth. They're trying, they're, they're trying to figure out things. It's, just, it's what happens in fall camp. We also saw hardly any passing. But we did see some good runs. One oh, from Squally yeah. Canada. Oh, man. he Squally Can- My first look at Squally Canada. Fantastic. That guy's awesome. And then another by Mitchell Jurgens, who was motioned into the backfield by Taysom Hill. He then ran 55 yards through the BYU defense for a touchdown. Now, how much of a role will Mitchell Jurgens have running the ball this year? 
Is it going to be a motion-only thing? And how did he and his brother end up on opposite sides of the ball? That's all part of BYU Sports Nation All Access with BYU wide receiver Mitchell Money Jurgens. Mitch, Robert and I revealed last week that you may have a role as a running back. Well, today, sorry, you split into the backfield and run for 55 yards. How much do you expect to play running back this season? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, in, in the scrimmage, I got a carry. Um, in, in these practices, I kind of get maybe two, three carries. And, you know, it's not necessarily I'm a running back. It's I'm a, We take the backs off the field. I'm still split out, but motion to the backfield and uh, run a little bit. And, you know, I love it. Um, so I guess the more the merrier. Um, it's fun, and, and, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on it. So, you know, whatever the coaches want, I'm going to do my best to do that. So. We only see part of practice, but we did see that, that big run. Describe to uh, those that weren't able to attend practice what happened. Yeah, so we were we had no backs on the field. I motioned to the backfield, and it was an outside run right. And so Taysom read it, gave me the ball, and you know we had flow going right, and then I saw um, saw a hole in behind me to the left. So I just cut back, made another cut back, and saw daylight. And I guess I read it pretty well and uh, didn't get touched. And and ran to the end zone. So, are you technically the Swiss Army knife receiver? <laughs> if you want to call it that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with you. So, <laughs> do you have a goal for say a certain amount of touches? You know, receptions, but also maybe carrying the ball in the backfield or kick returns. You know, this is all pretty new, so I haven't made a goal on, you know, how many how many times I'm going to carry the ball. And you, you can know, tell think, this to Taysom. <laughs> you know, if if I, if I do have the opportunity to carry it, I hope Taysom gives it to me, um, and, and so I get to run with it a little bit. And and so I think uh, you know, each week as we prepare um, for. Um, each opponent that we have, you know, based on the game plan is, you know, if it's two carries, if it's five, if it's if it's none, then, uh, you know, whatever my role is, just do my best to do it. So, Does your role changing a little bit have anything to do with the fact that Jamal's not on the team, maybe more running backs? Um, I believe so. Um, you know, always losing a great running back like Jamal, it's it's not something that, that you want. You know, he's a guy that brings, brings fire, and, um, you know, we're hopeful for him next season to come back. And, um, you know, now that a spot's open and um you know if that's if that's how they see me is going to kind of provide some speed in the backfield then you know i'm going to do my best to get a little quicker read the holes a little better and uh, and uh, try and fill somewhat of a hole that 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 jamal is is leaving out so speaking of guys that are out at least right now your twin brother garrett broke his collarbone how tough is that for him to go through it, and what do you say to him as his brother when something like that happens? Yeah, it was actually, um, I think I was a little more emotional than he was. Um, you know, I just, I mean, I know the kid so well, and, and he's my best friend. I love him to death, and, you know, we, I really see, we're the same people. We want, we want this so bad, and to see someone that has so much passion and fire for the game um, to go down with an injury, you know, I, you know, I kind of picture myself in his shoes, and I, I just lost it. Um, but, you know, the guy's a fighter, and he's going to come back quicker than, than I, I think anybody could. And so he'll be back, and, and so it's, it's tough to see him go through it, but it's really positive experience as well. How did you end up a receiver and he a DB? So, funny story, actually. Uh, we both walked on as receivers, and we were on scout offense together, and, and they were short on scout D guys. And, um, and so they came, they came to us one scout meeting and was like, hey, we need one of you to come to the defense. <laughs> and 
as we kind of looked at each other and, and you know, we, we actually thought that this was going to happen. And so we made the pre-decision that, you know, if they were going to come get one of us, Garrett was going to go play defense. Um, and so... You discussed it beforehand? You know... <laughs> Twin meeting? Yeah, we, we discussed it. We, we sensed it was coming. And so uh, we were prepared for that. And, you know, he's done an amazing job at, at, at DBE. And um, so who knows what would have happened if we switched. I don't know. You've made some growth, and you were a big play receiver last year. I think you had four long touchdowns. What do you feel like you have done in the offseason to build off of what you produced last year? Um, yeah, so one thing is uh, working with uh, Coach Wintrick has been um, has been tr- uh, a tremendous blessing for me because um, he's really helped me to uh, you know stay healthy, keep my legs fresh, and also improve on my quickness. I think that's my strength in my game is, is my speed and quickness. I'm not going to overpower anybody with you know, my size, um, but it's been that, but also um, spending time in, in the film room, um, getting down the offense. You know, I felt like I had a good grasp on it last year, uh, but this year just coming out and, and improving little things, um, building chemistry with Taysom, and so those were kind of the things I focused on this summer. You're 300, go fast, go hard. What What is the strength of the offense now that essentially everyone should know the playbook and that kind of thing, so you take the leap to something else? I think, honestly, our strength is experience. Uh, we lost one guy last year, a great player, but all the guys pretty much are returning, and with everyone returning, um, that's just you know built experience, and uh, you know we know where everyone's going to be, we know how everyone's running the routes. Taysom knows that, and so with all these guys that have played before and have been at that level, played in big games, you know, we're going to be prepared for anybody. So, from your perspective, on either side of the ball, which position group has improved the most from last year to now? Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, either side of the ball, I I gotta say the DBs. Um, you know, last spring I felt like uh, the offense really excelled, um, but you know, coming out this fall and we saw it this winter, the defensive backs worked really hard, um, brought fire and intensity to the workouts. And this fall we're seeing it. You know, we're having a little bit more trouble scoring, and but that's good for us. You know, we got to work a little harder, and 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 they're really bringing it. So um, it's been it's been fun to watch. How much does what you do out there on the practice field actually count to where, hey, we're going to do this in the games? Or if you struggle, you're like, ah, we'll be fine. How do you, how do you gauge that? Um, you know, if we struggle, it's definitely a wake-up call. Um, it's, hey, you know, whatever we do on the practice field is going to translate over to game, uh, to game time and, and being on the field, especially at Nebraska. You know, we're going to always revert back to our instincts, what we've practiced. And so if we're not on top of our game, um, in practice, and that's what's going to happen when we go to Nebraska. So we we got to come out 100%, um, really focused, and just working on our assignments, catching the ball, protecting, and doing those little things. And if we do that, we'll be ready for games. If you played Nebraska tomorrow, how confident would you be that you could go into Lincoln and win? Oh, 100%. You know, uh, not only you know I think they you know they've they've got some more preparation to do. We do as well. But I think with our time we've really made the most of it um, with our coaches, our strength coaches, and the players are really dialed in. And so I think, you know, we're ready. So I've got to ask this before we go. I love, I love the go-to phrases from the position coaches. What is Gall, a guy holiday's go-to phrase for the receivers? Go-to phrase. Um, let me think. I mean, he's got, he's got so many, and, and you never know what's coming out of I've heard house, a few. So. <laughs> um, All yelling. You know, he's, shoot, I don't know. I wish I had some time to think about this. Uh, 
I don't know. I think it just screams and whatever comes out. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not a go-to phrase. It's just like, hey, just, you know. Finish! Finish. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Probably. Uh, um, yeah, let's go with finish. That's okay, uh, fair enough. Think let on me that. think about that. Let, um, me, let me pay attention yeah. next time. I think. <laughs> I think with that, we're finished. We'll, we'll finish. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll we're finish finished. now. Okay. <laughs> Mitchell Jurgens. Finish! Yeah, he, finish the dang route! I hear that a lot from Guy Holiday. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. He just yells a lot. He's all caps. He's all caps holiday, he, he is, right? Is that a nickname? That's a great nickname. All caps, all caps holiday. holiday. <laughs> did, we, did we just officially dub Like all, all day holiday. Uh, all day holiday. All, cap, all caps all day holiday. No, too much. You're right. Now, one thing I do want to say, and I brought this up in the interview. Mitchell Jurgens was a big play receiver. All four of his touchdown catches last year were big plays. Virginia. Taste rolls out right, throws a long pass. Middle, no, no, no. Uh, Memphis. In the bowl game. There was was one more. Was it a Middle Tennessee? I think it was the first touchdown of the game against Middle Tennessee. A long pass with him coming across the field. He he, he gets lost. Like, he gets separation somehow through his quickness, through his maybe lack of size uh, to to be a threat. And and word is that Taysom Hill and Mitch Juergens have great chemistry and uh, increase that relationship off the field during the summer to where he really trusts Mitch. Now, Squally Canada tweeted out uh, a video of some of the film from fall camp of Mitchell Juergens and said, watch out, he's slippery, of him just, like, doing work on special teams as a punt return. So I like my I like Mitchell Juergens. I like what he brings. It's unique. Fantastic walk-on for BYU. Man. Coming up, how does the recently released BYU basketball schedule stack up against last year's rundown? How many games have the Cougs got to win to get in the NCAA tournament? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Winton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. If you missed our interview last segment with Mitch Jurgens, Mitch Money Jurgens, four touchdowns last year, you can check it out on youtube.com slash BYU TV Sports here in a couple of minutes. You can catch all our interviews from the show on youtube.com slash TV sports. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines, starting with some football news. BYU and Utah have agreed in principle to continuing the football series in 2019 and 2020. This means the Cougs and Utes will play for five straight years. Utah Athletic Director Chris Hill also said they have discussed tentative dates for 2021 and 2022. The men's basketball schedule is out. We'll break that down in just a moment. 31 regular season games, 13 non-conference games. The team in Spain right now, they'll play the first of four games today at 2 p.m. Eastern against Eurocollegio Casvi. Whatever that is or means. By the way, the staff for men's basketball last night, some of them, I believe, went to the Real Madrid game. Awesome. Yeah. Well, they, they all were raving about that on the social media, on the line. Hey, and BYU tight end Steven Richards out for the season with a torn ACL. The official BYU basketball schedule has been released in its entirety. The West, yes! the West Coast Conference released the, their schedule before BYU released their non-conference schedule, but we got both yesterday. I'm just glad it's out. So we know all 31 games. And props to the WCC for scheduling BYU and Gonzaga way better than last year. Last year was on December 28th. The BYU students weren't there. It's the largest student population. That was a mistake. Okay? That was a mistake. It happened. BYU still packed the house. BYU lost by, what was it, seven? seven. Okay, but th- so this year, it's January 14th in Spokane. 
February 27th in Provo. End Good. the regular season in Provo, Gonzaga Which, at BYU. BYU at Gonzaga ended the regular season last year, so now it's in Provo. That's fantastic. That's your premier matchup. Those are going to be your top two seeds in the West Coast Conference. Pepperdine may challenge for that, but I don't see anyone else coming close because Tollefson transferred from San Francisco. Pepperdine returns everybody, but I don't think they're two seed good. They're upset you good, but probably the three seed. So it's going to be a great year. I like the schedule. We went through the non-conference games that had been announced by BYU opponents yesterday, and there were eight. Yesterday, it was revealed that there are five additional games, two exhibitions, and then three all at home that will count on the non-conference slate. So BYU added Central Michigan, Belmont, and Adams State, all that will count against this year's record to that home schedule. Okay, so the home schedule is, there's not a sexy non-conference game on there. Let's just be straight up about it. There's, there's, no, there's no name brand. There's yeah. no Stanford. There's no UMass. Right. Baylor, Iowa State. So the last couple years, there's, there's been a couple good games. So you look at Utah Valley, Adams State, Mississippi Valley State, Belmont, Weber State is neutral, but sort of home. Utah State um, at home, and then Central Michigan. Okay, Central Michigan was 70 in the RPI. So that's top hundred game. That's a good game. Belmont is like that twelve seed that upsets a five. They've won the Ohio Valley Conference like four of the last five years. They are uh, one hundred. So you have two top one hundred games at home. I wish there were I don't know one more. Traditionally, this is kind of what you get with one really good opponent. BYU doesn't have that at home. That's all right. BYU's going to go to Hawaii. They're going to play Harvard, who's actually fifty nine in the RPI from last year. Fifty nine. That's pretty good. From purely an RPI standpoint, when you look at the strength of schedule and the non-conference strength of schedule, it's really close to last year. Yeah, it's not as far off as we think. When we raved like, oh, BYU's got a great non-conference slate. From an RPI standpoint, it's almost the same. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU Hoops has three top 50 RPI games on the schedule. Of course, RPI based on last year. But uh, you look at Utah, 13. And then Gonzaga, two of those. They were eight. Fantastic season for the Zags. So there are your three games. BYU, if they beat Harvard, will potentially play in the third game in Hawaii on Christmas Day. Either Northern Iowa, who's RPI 11. I don't know if they'll be as good as last year. And then Oklahoma, who was 20. So that, w- that could be an RP- RPI game as well. It's interesting because you think, you hear New Mexico and Auburn, and you think, oh, War Eagle or Snake They're from New Mexico. They were Central Michigan and Belmont. They were not good. 132 for Auburn and 175 for New Mexico. They weren't that good in terms of RPI. Now, trust me, RPI matters. BYU needed two top 50 RPI wins and one really late against a top 10 RPI team in Gonzaga to get into the tournament. So BYU needs two RPI, uh, top 50 RPI wins. You're playing Gonzaga twice, maybe three times in Vegas. You're playing Utah, who's 13th. Utah had a really, really good season. Uh, Sweet 16, top 15 RPI. And then you play Northern Iowa or Oklahoma, hopefully, in that third game. So, Spencer, you could have six, you could potentially six top 50 RPI games. Last year, how many did BYU play? Six! San Diego State, Stanford, Gonzaga three times in Utah. Like I said, from an RPI standpoint, difficulty, strength of schedule, it's right on par. I know that we want the name brand. It's just fun. Yeah, and it, it, you want you want a Baylor. You want you want that ranked team to come in. You want a stamp. It didn't work out that way, but it won't hurt BYU. It won't hurt them. Okay, this is this is a type of schedule where BYU cannot afford to have a huge midseason slump like they've had the last two years, and where the last two years I've called. Saying BYU is going to the NIT, 
And then the tourney train came rumbling down the tracks, and BYU saved themselves by going on crazy runs both years. I do not think that they can afford that this season because they don't have the strength of schedule to offset that kind of lull. So I think they're going to have to win 26, 27 games to get in the NCAA tournament. And the fun part is, and we calculated this yesterday, BYU has an opportunity to have a really nice non-conference schedule going into conference. Uh, record. I, I see them no lower than 10-3. and three. Choo-choo, baby. <laughs> no, not yet! <laughs> BYU will win more games than they did last year. They went 25-10. and 10. They will win more games. And they won 25, which is a great season. 25 is a really good number. 25 has become, I remember like, when we were talking about this yesterday, in the early 90s, because 20? you played less games, like 20 was the mark. Yeah, it's 25. Now 25 is yeah. the mark. BYU will win more than 25 games this year. I think they're a better team. I think they have more balance. They bring back plenty of options, plenty of weapons. If BYU wins more than 25 games, I don't see any scenario where they do not get into the NCAA tournament. I just don't. Let's discuss an interesting scenario as well. Conference play for BYU technically begins December 23rd against San Diego. But because BYU is playing in the Diamond Head Classic, can't play that, that game. That game is TBA. They don't know when they're going to play that game because BYU is playing the 22nd, 23rd, and 25th of December in Hawaii. So the San Diego game is TBA. We don't know when BYU is going to yeah. play this so, game. So, I mean, it shows up as December 23rd, but then there's this little note on the side that says both institutions have agreed to schedule this game at another date. BYU is going to have to play a, uh, like a Monday or a Tuesday game, it looks like. Uh, one of one of these weeks. Well, when you play in the Diamond Head Classic and you have that opportunity, whatever, great. Harvard and then New Mexico and Auburn Move and then the maybe game. Northern Iowa. Oklahoma. Here's the thing: BYU has to beat Harvard to guarantee yes. an RPI boost. If BYU loses to Harvard, they're in trouble from an RPI standpoint way down the road. And no one thing will affect you. Like, hey, you're totally out, right? I think I've learned that the last two years since I've missed on my calls of BYU going to the NCAA tournament or not. Or, I don't know, Gonzaga, <laughs> Not doing that. I, you, I am so surprised how many people are like, you're going to shave your head for this? No. Like the no, I went to the no-hitter and people were like, you're going to shave your head? It's like, why would, he, why would why I would shave my shave head? head? In fact, I'm doing the opposite. I'm growing a mullet. Even, but look, it, that all brought I'll about, grow a mullet that all BYU, brought about a Twitter handle in your behalf, <laughs> at shave underscore Jerem. And yeah. then there's an at save Jerem. Hey. Because you went on vacation. These are my. These Brian are my... Logan was trying to creep on your seat, dude. Why is going on vacation a notable thing? Isn't it normal in the <laughs> States of the U.S.? Jerem, you're on TV. You're supposed to be here every day. Yeah. No, you're a normal human being. I get it. You go on, you go on vacation. Do you, do you like the schedule? I like the schedule. I like yes. the schedule. It's balanced. I wish there were. I wish there was a, uh, another big team or two on there, especially one at home. Yeah, but BYU's at Utah. That could have been your game this year. It's just every other year, you know. So there's enough games on there for BYU to win twenty six, twenty seven, compete for the conference title, maybe win it in Vegas, get to the tournament, and not be. Here's the key: not be a double digit seed in the tournament. Here's the funny thing: at Colorado, when I first saw the game, I was like, "Oh, sweet, good game, good, right?" Good game. Nope. Colorado was 118 in the RPI last year. Do you know what BYU was last year? 44. BYU's got a good basketball team. Central Michigan, Belmont, Long Beach State, according to RPI, all better games than Colorado. Long Beach State better than Colorado. P5. Isn't that weird? Yeah, a little bit. So does Colorado have cachet? Yeah. Apparently. Up next, your tweets. BYU-Utah rivalry. How much does it matter? 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Vote for the greatest play in independent spender on BYUtv.org with just four plays remaining. Every vote counts. No helmet, no problem. KVN hit six, takes on Spencer Linton's uh, favorite play, no helmet, no problem, and Taysom Hill's leap of faith, takes on the goal line stand against Boy State. Vote on BYUtv.org. Voting closes uh, Sunday night, and we will air the... Uh, we will declare the final matchup on Monday. Listen to the 2019 home schedule with the addition of Utah. No, we shouldn't play them, Spencer. USC, <laughs> Washington, Boise State, Utah. Okay, just on the surface, I want to make this point. Throw, throw the fact that it's Utah out, okay, and you have annoying neighbors or whatever, okay? Why would you not want to play? If AP5 team was like, uh, hey, let's play every year. Why would you say no to that? I wouldn't say no to that. That's what I'm saying. Like the logistics of it, yeah. I am all for. Yeah. I'm all for. What I'm saying is the rivalry magic has in large part disappeared for me because BYU they're not had, in the same conference. If BYU had won the last four, would you feel the same way? I would feel the same way. Not. It doesn't mean the same. Ooh, it doesn't mean the same know. thing. I think because you haven't found joy in it for five years. That, that, yes, something is missing. Guess what's missing? No. Wins! You know what, you know what made Utah. it special in 06 and 09? Okay, not only just like the last second plays, it meant a conference championship in 2006. Outright. I don't even worry about the conference title in that context. It's like, like what, what meant more? Um, the 2000 game or some game in the net? Na- when you, you're in like, the same BYU conference. BYU was 5 and 6 and won that game and okay, it meant... Everything. Are you are you saying it means as much as it used to? Are you saying that? Are you saying the BYU you're, thing it means right. as much as it used to? You're right. The context is not as great, but that does not mean that the game should not be played. I didn't say that the game shouldn't be played. All I, all I said was if it's not played, it's not the end of the world to me. Right. Because of course it it's not the end of the, the world. Because we can focus on other things to hurt, to keep the pain away. It's Oxycontin. Oh, Nebraska. <laughs> And, and LSU and Michigan State are morphine. Oh, we've got there. To, shout out to Jack from Lost. <laughs> How important is the BYU-Utah game to you? And where do you live? How does that factor in? At E.T. Mishner. I live in Ohio, and the game is huge. The Ohio. How can you be a Cougar fan and not want a chance to beat Utah every year? Hashtag rivalry. Yeah, and I, I, get, I get the idea that, hey, I live outside of Utah. I've, it's not as big a deal to me. Of course it's not. You're not here but this person with all says the that BYU and Utah. Yeah, I get it. But there, there are some that it, it matters to. It's a P5 team that wants that, that we could, we being BYU, could play every year. Let's do that as much as possible. At Robin's Big Papa. One to ten. It is a twelve for me. But college football is big business, and both teams have to go to the money. I am in Arizona. We discussed that right off the top. The direction yeah. of college football is the playoff matters most. New Year's Six matters most. Big money conference television contracts matter most, which is why Texas Tech A&M no longer happening. Notre Dame Michigan no longer happening when Notre Dame went to the ACC for their five game agreement. Is BYU, that is Utah, that wild? You know, there's the hiatus now. Nebraska, Colorado was a thing. You know, they're that, that's a bunch. no longer. They're bu- West Virginia, Pitt, Kansas, right? Missouri, no longer. Yeah, no, I I get it. College football sold out, and and uh, it doesn't mean that it's the best thing. That's what I'm getting at. Like I, for me, the best thing for BYU is to play Utah every year. It's a P5 game. It's local. 
uh, in terms of the fans getting to that game. It's another game in state. Like, if BYU plays Utah State every year, why wouldn't you want to play Utah every year? Like, what what, what does Utah State do well that Utah d- doesn't do for you? More. It's a Power 5 win or loss. Of course the game matters to people that are around it and living in the rivalry. The thing is, I don't know how much it matters to people who aren't surrounded by Utah fans. If you don't... Yeah, I get it. Somebody yeah, just tweeted at me, that. oh, it's about bragging rights and about passion. Who are you going to brag to if you don't live around Utah fans? No, I, that's a great point. That's a great point. But, but take that away. It's a Power 5 game. Yes, the logistics I love. 45 miles away. Why wouldn't you want to play that? You should play that game if that Power 5 team wants to play you. Can you imagine if, like, Cal was up the road 45 minutes and be like, no, 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 let's not play. No, play him play every year. Why wouldn't you? It's just that I've become disenchanted because things have changed. Because of the college football playoff and money. It, if BYU beats Utah, how much will that really mean for BYU now compared to BYU beating Somebody else. Great, great point. It doesn't mean as much, but it still means enough to merit doing it. Yeah. So from a strictly national standpoint, I am looking at the value of beating Utah compared to another team. And it just, it doesn't push the needle. But, but, mean, but what other team are you saying? And that's, you, you know what I mean? Like even an Utah's un- a power five team and it's a rival. That has enough meaning. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to explain why that game has value more than that. Even if, even if you don't have annoying neighbors. You live in New Hampshire, you're a BYU fan, you're like, I could care less. But BYU playing East Carolina doesn't matter. If BYU beats Utah, that's a Power 5 win. That's a nice win. At They were a top 25 team last year. Patrick TL, the P5 reason is the only reason for me to want to keep them. Okay, whatever reason you want. Let's keep playing. At Bill Herlin, I live in Arkansas and plan travel schedule around bucket list venues like Michigan and Nebraska, but need the Utes to yell at my TV. (laughs) I think the BYU can have both. That's the great news about yesterday. BYU's going to play five years in a row, maybe maybe seven, and keep it going. Because the BYU can have the best of both worlds, have the ESPN contract, have uh, these great games all over the country against great competition. And Utah, now we're in business, man. Next year, we're in business. All caps, holiday! (laughs) We need Guy Holiday. I want him to weigh in on this. To argue this. To argue one side or the other. Coming up, which defensive guys are cross-training for multiple positions on the BYU football defense? It's in the Cougar Whip Round, plus our elite tweet of the day. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU and Utah have agreed in principle to continue the football series in 2019 and 20. This means BYU will play Utah five straight years starting next season. Utah Athletic Director Chris Hill also said the two schools have discussed tentative dates for 2021 and 22. Fall camp highlights. Defensive back Micah Hanneman has been cleared to play. He and Kai Nakua have been cross-training in practices at quarterback and safety. Also from the football side, BYU tight end Steven Richards out for the season with a torn ACL. He will have surgery to repair that. We wish him a speedy recovery. BYU was ranked number 32 in all of college football. According to SB Nation's Bill Connolly, BYU will play five of the top 30 teams in 2015. 
Men's basketball. The schedule's out. BYU plays at Gonzaga January 14th, ends the regular season February 27th. Also, today, the team is in Spain. We'll play the first of four games. Two Eastern time, BYU plays Euro Collegio Cosby. Huh? Men's volleyball. BYU signee Brandon Oberender. Did I do that right? Yeah. Nice. And the USA Youth National Team finished pool play undefeated at 4 0 in the Youth World Championships in Argentina. The Americans played the Mexicans today at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brandon is the guy that's going to go on a mission for us. So we'll see, we'll see him in 2038. Not over-under, over-under. Yes, exactly. Future guests include Jordan Prater, sophomore cornerback, who is getting some serious love from his defensive coordinator, Nick Howell, and his head coach, Bronco Mendenhall. He might start at field corner. I, I like Jordan. I thought he made some good plays as a freshman last year. Brian Keel will be part of Fast Friday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout? University of Utah for providing joy and anger and sadness since 1895. Wow. We're giving it to the University of Utah. Sure, yeah. I love playing those guys in any sport. Would they even accept it? No, who cares? They have have Pac-12. They don't need BYU stuff. How important is the BYU-Utah game to you? And where do you live? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. Just saw this tweet coming from at Book of Adam. It's hard mm. taking either side seriously in the Utah BYU rivalry. You have two of your biggest openers in school history, and you're talking about 2019. Oh, we Question got a, mark. Oh, we got a week and a half, bro. We, we got time, man. We've been bra- if you watch this show, we've been breaking down Nebraska for how many? Discussing Nebraska for how many days? Two hundred and sixty days. Yeah. To some degree anyway. Yeah, that Utah Michigan game, Jim Harbaugh is gonna make that one of the most viewed TV games ever. Utah, it has nothing Jim to Harbaugh. do with you. At Preston Friends and the Utah game has the same importance as playing most other Pac twelves, slightly more than other P fives in he's in Boston. There you go. Beantown, baby. But it's a P five game. It's a P five game. I think people are, are misunderstanding me. Like I like the game. I like the game. All I'm saying is, if BYU doesn't play it, there are other good games to be had, and it's not the end of the world. Like in my top 25 memories of my life, BYU and Utah stuff. Same for me. Come in, also, the top 25 nightmares. There's several, like that juxtaposition and that uh, polarization is oddly balancing and amazing. BYU and Utah, I love it. At Youngton32, growing up in Provo, the game is the most important day of the year. Hating the Utes is a way of life in my house. At Lore Brad with our elite tweet of the day, BYU-Utah matters. I live in Texas now, previously in SoCal. I love the game. I'd watch that game over other opponents. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks to Mitchell Jurgens and everyone on our crew. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Download the podcast. Shout out to Cody Raymond.